Welcome to the Gunning Truth with Ronnie in association with the Arsenal Cape Town Official Supporters Club, a podcast that dissects all things Arsenal. Arsenal 3, Man United 2 on a sublime Sunday evening in North London. The excuses were once again there and back when we had our 3-1 loss, uh, we were told that we have to, you know, uh, quieten down because they beat us 3-1 in a game where we actually dominated and we, to a large extent, dominated the second half so much that the scoreline did flatter Man United. They only had six touches in our box and we had over 60 touches in their box. If only this team can be more clinical. However, you have to give Man United some sort of due that they did defend well and they were extremely dangerous on the counter-attack. Marcus Rashford truly is in superb form. But enough of them. They are the loudest bunch of supporters ever, and especially in Cape Town. You see them absolutely everywhere. I'm a personal trainer at the gym, and uh, you didn't see the shirts for months. I mean, they got absolutely hammered in in games against Brentford. They got smashed by Man City. Okay, they beat Man City uh, at Old Trafford under dubious uh, circumstances, but it obviously assisted us with regards to the league situation. But it was uh, very, very uh, prevalent, the Man United shirts in the last couple of weeks. And uh, they are salty. They have quietened down. I mean, I had to uh, carry a packet of salt with me to the gym the uh, couple, couple of days ago because the fact that we dominated them is, is just not in their eyes. Obviously, you support your team, but uh, Arsenal dominated them at Old Trafford. We were naive. We've gone through it so many times already. And this time around, we weren't naive. We learnt, uh, especially in-game, and how to control the game itself. And uh, obviously we gave the ball away for their first goal. Uh, Thomas Partey had a bit of a dodgy first half and a dodgy game in total. But uh, he made up for it in spurts in the second half, uh, controlling our midfield. Where uh, it was a bit ragged for Man United due to the fact that Arsenal kept on attacking and attacking and attacking in that second half. It was relentless. And it's very, very unfortunate that uh, we didn't maybe win 4-2 or 3-1, 4-1. Because that's what we deserved. Obviously, we made some mistakes on their two goals. Uh, their manager couldn't wait to uh, rather say that they made mistakes on ours rather than giving us, uh, you know, the the due for or, or, or the respect in the way that we played, the way that we attacked them in the second half. Uh, obviously, another excuse is they played Crystal Palace a couple of days before. Uh, there were uh, moans and groans. Why is Arsenal not got a game? But uh, other times when we have three games in nine days and we start to complain, then it's also an issue. So you just never win at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, we need to also be aware of the fact that uh, 
teams are salty uh, teams are concerned to uh, absolutely shit scared of us because uh, we are here to stay it's not a guarantee that we'll win the league but we are definitely here to stay we've proven it at uh, that toilet bowl the white art lane or whatever the spurs call let's call it the toilet bowl we've proven it there we've completely dominated them also could have been more clinical but uh, we won 2-0 and then obviously uh, we've got this weird thing where we're completely dominating teams and we tend to concede more at home so uh, but that's obviously because of the the wide open spaces and the way that we press uh, from the front and also uh, lots of spaces uh, especially with the fact that we've got this inverted way that Shinchenko is playing what what a player it's, he just needed to be fit and he knows exactly the inverted role that he and Arteta worked at at Man City and uh, that became less prevalent when Arteta left Man City because uh, Man City ended up getting João Cancelo which uh, affected Zinchenko's uh, ability to start games for Man City uh, and it's prevalent to see that he is in total control he was absolutely everywhere he was so much of the time on the right side of the field which was weird uh, when uh, Thomas Partey was pushing up alongside Xhaka you then sometimes you see him on the right and Gabriel at left back with Saliba covering center back the only man there so it was quite weird uh, the the inverted way that he was playing but uh, from the starting teams uh, Ramsdale in goal we had uh, Ben White who had a, a off let's say an off night uh, there is a couple of rumors of him suffering from respiratory issues I don't know if this is stemming from COVID days I don't know if it's stemming from the England training camp uh, there just doesn't seem to be any news uh, because he's had respiratory problems uh, last season as well so uh, I, I don't know why that isn't public but uh, there seems to be some sort of he tends to get quite quickly ill i don't know if it's to do with the flu shots that they're getting or what it is but uh, there are rumors of him not being 100 percent from a uh, illness standpoint but uh, he was at right back and he obviously had a very tough time against rashford our center back saliba and gabriel magayesh and our inverted left back uh, superb game again uh, alexander zinchenko and then obviously as per normal our six thomas Partey, left eight Xhaka, right eight captain extraordinaire odegaard who in had a very good first half despite the fact that arsenal struggled uh, between the lines to get uh, through united and when united got uh, they probably the best team in transition even though arsenal's also quite good in transition uh, but united seem to be the best team because they don't tend to create a lot uh, in in games but they tend to be very good with finishing their chances so um Uruguay, right eight right winger Bukayo Saka, man of the match what a performance uh, luke shaw didn't have a bad game but he was run ragged by Bukayo Saka left wing Martinelli struggled a bit and then through the middle Nketiah fantastic performance hard work don't just look at the goals look at the fact that he was working all over the place and he was a lot of the times on the left side uh, closer to Xhaka as well as Martinelli 
when uh, the likes of Odegaard uh, and Saka tends to go a little bit more central when we are attacking on the left when Ketia has the ball. So it was quite interesting, it was fascinating, the tactical side of things, how Arsenal kept on trying to change things. And that is a positive. Man United, they played well, they were able to control certain parts of the first half. I thought Arsenal were generally in control, but not so much in most parts of that first half. And uh, we conceded the goal due to harrying uh, Thomas Partey and harrying our centre-backs at times. Uh, even though there's a lot of people that said Weghorst had a very poor game, maybe in terms of in position, but uh, off the ball, he, he was giving us problems. So, uh, and then Rashford running into spaces and causing us problems on the wings. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's how you look at the game. There's various uh, ways that this game goes, this wonderful football game, and uh, everybody has different different opinions but uh, look closely at uh, sometimes off the ball things it's some something that we don't really take a look at not that it's important to analyze uh, opposition players but more so from how we are positioned at certain times of the game because our formation changes every five minutes because in position outside of out of position as well the way we press from the back from the front through the middle and uh, try to stop transitions, which we did brilliantly in the second half. Man United, probably the best transition team in the league. I can't think of anybody else that has, that creates this little, but are able to uh, score goals. Uh, I watched a little bit of their Nottingham game. I fast-forwarded mostly through it, but you could see, even in the way I was fast-forwarding, that transition-wise, uh, Nottingham Forest had good chances. Also on in transition, funny enough. I don't think United are that good when there's a team in transition against them. But uh, the other way around, they are very good. So uh, a very, very good three points for Arsenal. Fantastic first goal. Uh, Xhaka assist and the header from uh, Nketiah. Obviously, one or two uh, defensive issues from Man United, but that's not our problem. We have to get the ball in the back of the net. Our second goal, Bukayo Saka, who actually had two similar situations of which he scored the first one. What a goal. My goal of the match, even though the United goal was quite good from Rashford. 2-1 Arsenal. And then uh, it was 2-2. A bit of a poor mistake from Ramsdale after making an excellent save after a uh, Rashford shot was deflected. And uh, when you watch the highlights and in slow motion, you actually see how good the save was. But not too long after, he flapped at the ball. Obviously, there were two or three players also going for the ball, trying to clear the ball. And then the smallest player, the man that was supposedly declined Arsenal, which isn't the case. He just preferred uh, Ten Hag because they worked together at Ajax. So uh, the smallest man on the field scoring. He also had a very good game. I watched him closely, annoyingly. Uh, when you think of somebody that short that should struggle in the Premier League but he was fantastic for them as well as he was fantastic for them in their cup win yesterday but again I don't want to speak too much about this team that I despise so much Mignot 2-2 uh, uh, the Desmond uh, result as they like to call it the Desmond 2-2 and then Arsenal kept on going that's the, the fantastic thing and that's the thing that made me proud even though I was nervous during the final 30 minutes of the game or 20 minutes of the game I couldn't sit still the whole second half I had to stand but uh, 
minus the fact that I'm standing because of being nervous, it was exciting watching Arsenal kept on trying to find solutions. And that's what uh, Arteta always says, we need to find solutions. And that's exactly what we did. Uh, some television stations uh, has different angles, camera angles. I don't know if it's because they the cameras are set up on the corners of the Emirates Stadium, but the VAR uh, cameras found Zinchenko, first of all, not offside, and then Nketiah, not offside. Arsenal score a late winner, and this is what I love to see when you're charging for the title. And Arsenal win in the 91st minute, and Nketiah goal, fantastic finish, by the way. 3-2 Arsenal, fantastic last 25 to 30 minutes. We were all over them, like I said, over 60 touches in their final third, and in our final third, they only had about six in the whole game. Rashford had three touches in the second half. So also, Ben White went off at halftime. Combination of not having a great first half and probably this uh, supposed respiratory issue that he's got. Uh, and uh, Tommy Asso came on and he was excellent. Started off dodgy. actually had about two or three misplaced passes. Uh, the same amount of misplaced passes as Ben White in the first half. But uh, defensively, he was excellent. couple of interceptions and uh, won all his headers again. He seems to win all his headers if you look at the heading stats. And then uh, he had a good game. And then our new signing, Leandro Trossard, the Belgian former Brighton winger come second striker, had a fantastic couple of touches that really helped us, especially prior to the third goal. Uh, you can say pre-pre-assist and then also a couple of great touches at the end when we were trying to, you know, run down the clock. So I was very, very impressed with his little cameo and hopefully he can go from strength to strength. So Arsenal 3-2, Man United. Arsenal have 50 points after 19 games. Our only loss coming to Manchester United of Salford and uh, two draws against Newcastle as well as Southampton and the rest is all wins so Arsenal looking really good we are charging for the title I'm going to discuss later on in this podcast what I think we should do as well as fixtures that's left 10 at home 9 away 19 games to go we are halfway there come on you Gunners Competition time in association with the Arsenal Cape Town Official Supporters Club. You could win a Pirates meal voucher at the Gunners Pub. Remember, you can collect your voucher at the pub and you have until the end of January to collect your prize. There is a different way this time for you to be able to win this prize. You need to email thegunningtruth at gmail.com. I'll post the link in the description of this podcast but it's important that you provide me with your thoughts for what Arsenal should be doing in this latest and upcoming transfer window. Let me know what we should do. I think it's a very, very important transfer window and it's going to basically determine where we end at the end of the season. Come on, you Gunners. review on the Arsenal Academy as well as the Arsenal women. First of all, the Premier League 2, Arsenal haven't had a game uh, due to a combination of weather 
and uh, availability of the other teams. Uh, Arsenal's next game is actually Friday evening, 9 o'clock, if the pitches allow, because there's been a lot of problems at League One and Champions, well, mostly League One grounds where Arsenal under-21s and the Arsenal women tend to play. So they don't really have a heating system in place. So that means that the pitches are generally frozen, which makes it really difficult for these guys to play and ladies to play. So there's been a little bit of issue with regards to postponement. Uh, Arsenal's last game was, I did discuss it in the previous podcast, where we beat Leicester City 2-1. That was about two weeks ago or just under two weeks ago. However, one or two of the other teams have played, which meant that Arsenal dropped down to fourth in the Premier League 2 table. Chelsea under-21s have played a game more than most of the teams. They've played 15 games. They now have 29 points, only three ahead of Arsenal. However, Arsenal have two games in hand. Arsenal the only team to only lose one game. Uh, And that was a big loss to the Man City team, who are in second place on 28 points. So... Technically speaking, if Arsenal win their two games in hand, then they are technically still the top team, having lost only one game. So hopefully Arsenal gets to play their games, especially tomorrow evening's game against Spurs at home. I think they will probably play at Meadow Park, Borm Hoods ground, and hopefully get the three points. So Arsenal under 21 is playing tomorrow 9 o'clock and the senior team playing at 10. So interesting scheduling. That game might actually end up being postponed again due to the fact Uh, that uh, I know the women are playing at Meadow Park this evening uh, in a League Cup game. So we'll see how the pitch holds up because it's been very cold in England. And uh, as I said, the League One grounds, they've got uh, heating issues in terms of keeping the pitches to not freeze. So that's Arsenal in the Premier League 2. They are through to the next stage of the Premier League Cup. Uh, There hasn't been fixtures released for that yet. Uh, and we're doing well. Like I said, we are fourth at this moment. Uh, we are a game behind second and third place, and we are two points behind second and third place, and we are three points behind Chelsea, who've played two games more. So if Arsenal win their games in hand, then they are technically top of the league. Our under-18s are currently struggling a bit. They're around about sixth or seventh in the league. I haven't got the league table open, but they are playing on Saturday afternoon against Fulham at home and Fulham are generally one of the strongest teams in England when it comes to under 18 football they tend to prioritize uh, the under 18s team as part of their development program so uh, Arsenal under 18s under Jack Walsh are still struggling a bit but the main thing is for them to do well in the FA Youth Cup and they will be going away to Watford in the next round which is early Feb so good luck to the under 18s Jack Wilshire doing good things there they are starting to have an identity under him I'm sure they're gonna they're playing the same way as the under 21s and the first team because that culture starts very young even as young as the under 16s I would think so it's a similar type of 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 type of play that they play inverted and pressing high from the strikers and uh, but it's it's very interesting to sometimes watch these games I do tend to try to watch one or two if it's available or at the very least the highlights on arsenal.com and then moving over to the ladies uh, we are currently third in the league we unfortunately had our game postponed against uh, our Brighton game on Sunday same reasons as above with the under 18s and under 21s uh, frozen pitches 
Chelsea were able to not play. They were actually actually were first, but uh, six minutes into their game against Liverpool, the game was called off because the players uh, the pitch was so bad that the players kept on slipping and nearly created some havoc there with regards to injuries. I don't know how it is that they, they are so desperate to get these games on. And unfortunately, the, they, they can't really play at the main stadiums because most of the time, and because of the winter, they need to prepare the pitches during the week for the weekend games. So uh, that's also a problem with regards to where they can play because uh, the championship teams are playing two games a week and uh, they can't play at championship grounds, grounds which have got uh, the heating system correct. However, unfortunately, the League One grounds, they cannot afford to have the heating systems. So that means games get postponed. Arsenal are playing Aston Villa ladies tonight. At the time of recording, we are about an hour away from kickoff. So Arsenal, uh, if they do win, they go through to the semi-final to play Manchester City. Chelsea made it to the next round i can't offhand remember who they're playing i think it is west ham so chelsea will be playing west ham in the other semi-final so once again it could be arsenal chelsea in all the competitions this season however manchester city they do have a good team arsenal will be at home if they can get through tonight's home game against aston villa on sunday it's the return of the ladies fa cup arsenal also the record holders in that competition and Arsenal are at home to Leeds United Ladies, a team that's in the championship version of women's football, so the second tier. And Arsenal should win that game comfortably. Hopefully Arsenal gets to play one or two or all of the new signings that have had no minutes so far. Arsenal have bought four new players and not one of them have played so far and January is almost over. So hopefully Arsenal gets to play. Hopefully there's no late issues with the pitch tonight. Uh, they did have three inspections and all of them was the, gave them the go-ahead to have tonight's game. And hopefully Arsenal can get through to the Conti Cup semi-final, which is the branded name for the League Cup for women's football. So Arsenal have opportunity to go far in that. They will be playing Man City, as I said earlier, in the next round, if they can qualify. So the ladies are looking good in the Champions League last 16, sorry, last eight, so the quarterfinals, because there's only 16 teams that plays in the Champions League. So looking good there, we are three points off top in terms of the league position. And we are doing well in the Conti Cup. Very likely going to make the semi-final there. And we are playing our first FA Cup game, the Arsenal ladies, on Sunday against Leeds. So, looking good in all aspects of our club. Maybe you can say the under-18s less so. But uh, I always say that because the under-18s, well, under-21 players tends to train with the first team. Under-18 players goes to the under-21s. And the under-18s, they tend to play with 16, 17-year-olds that are still busy in their first scholarship year. So results are difficult to get. But in general, our club is extremely well run. So we need to have patience when it comes to, you know, the final product, which is lifting league titles, qualifying for the Champions League, and possibly getting those big years, because that is our dream, which was taken away in 2006. Let's not go there. Up the Arsenal. New signing alert. Arsenal have confirmed the signing of Jakob Kivio, 
the former Spezia centre-back who generally plays in a back three when he plays for Spezia or a back five and a left centre-back for Poland. He can play left-back as well as uh, defensive mid as well. So uh, a well-rounded, good pass of the ball, intelligent defender and aggressive defender. And has gotten some rave reviews from his national captain, Robert Lewandowski, who said that he was absolutely amazing. Especially in the World Cup, he was up against uh, Olivier Giroud when France played Poland in the knockout stages. Had a good game and he was up against Messi. Uh, Argentina and Poland were in the same group. So quite interesting there. Uh, date of birth, he's on the 15th of Feb, born in the year 2000, a millennium baby playing for Arsenal at left centre-back. So he'll be turning 23 when we play Manchester City at the Emirates Stadium uh, early next month. He's 1.89 metres tall, so nice and tall. So we've got Saliba, I think, 191. We've got Gabriel, 190. And now we've got Kivior at uh, 189 and I think 188 is holding. So there's a a millimeter difference uh, for for our four uh, center back so that's quite interesting uh, national team career he's played right through he played for the under 16s of poland under 17 under 18 under 19 under 20 under 21 and the polish national team nine caps already place of birth in tushi in uh, probably close to warsaw or somewhere in poland it says that his main position is centre-back, however he can cover left-back as well as defensive midfield. He has played all three of those positions for Spezia as well as Poland. Uh, he joined uh, Spezia in 2021, August the 31st, so just over a year and a half there. He has signed for Arsenal for around about £16 million, which will very likely be paid mostly in instalments and... Uh, has about four million in add-ons, easily achievable add-ons. So probably qualifying for the Champions League, they'll get a million. Uh, finishing in the top four, a million. Winning the league, a million, and probably appearances, the other million. So I'm assuming that's how they will break down the four million in add-ons. Uh, yeah, he doesn't seem to get a lot of yellow cards, so he seems to be quite good with regards to discipline. He is an aggressive player. He's played a total of 1,447 minutes in 17 appearances in the Serie A. So that means he tends to start most of their games, if not all. I think they played a total of 18 games so far. And he's played 17 of those 18 games. So uh, definitely somebody that's played a lot this season, played for the national team in the World Cup. So uh, looking forward to Jakob Kivior giving Gabriel Magahesh a little bit of rest, much needed rest. And it's somebody that I would actually throw into the deep end against Manchester City because somewhere along the line, Gabriel Magahesh needs to rest. Everton, in my opinion, is much more important than this Friday's game. A lot of people will have different opinions, but I'll get to my opinion on tomorrow night, Friday night's FA Cup fourth round game. So welcome to Arsenal Football Club, the Arsenal Football Club. Jakob Kivior. My thoughts on what we need to do in this final days of the winter transfer window, uh, winter in the Northern Hemisphere, summer here in South Africa, and uh, we might need to dip into the transfer market one last time, in my opinion. In the last couple of days, we've completed uh, Leandro Trossard, who is our winger, and he can play as a second striker, as they like to call him. 
and uh, we've bought in a left center back that can play left back and CDM Jakob Kivior. Arsenal have been linked in the last couple of days to a young Real Valladolid right back, uh, Fresh Nader. And it seems like there's quite a few clubs after him, but it sounds like Arsenal and Borussia Dortmund are going head to head for him. Now, I don't know if it is that we need to send him back on loan. I don't know what that situation is, but he is a right back. And Arsenal currently have uh, Ben White and uh, Takahiro Tomiyasu. And then it sounds like we are going to be loaning out Cedric Suarez to Fulham. That deal will probably be done over the weekend, if not by early tomorrow, Friday, so that he can actually play over the weekend in the FA Cup for Fulham. That's if they're still in it. I can't remember if they qualified for the next round. Uh, so I don't know how quick that deal needs to happen in order for him to play Fulham's next game. But uh, it doesn't sound like or feel like we need a right back at this moment in time. But it sounds like it's a player that Arteta really likes. Uh, somebody that can play an inverted role apparently. And uh, very good on the ball. A good technical player from Spain. Right mentality. It's just a question of it's gone a little bit quiet, the rumours after one or two journalists said that Arsenal were front runners. However, Borussia Dortmund, they've got this development football club and tend to make quite big money on players that they have bought. But uh, Arsenal are seriously in for him. It's just a matter of is it for now or is it for the summer? And uh, in my opinion, we can hopefully uh, invest in him. We can offload uh, Cedric Suarez and make a decision on if we are going to loan him straight back to Real Valladolid. Maybe it is that Arsenal do not want to loan him back and Dortmund are fine with loaning him back. Uh, so that's quite interesting to see uh, when it comes to the right back situation. But I don't feel that is something that we need. There are rumours at this moment in time that Mohamed Elneny has another knee slash hamstring injury that he picked up in training prior to the Man United game. I think it was actually prior to the Tottenham game where he got the knock and uh, there are rumours that it's season ending. Uh, he obviously had also, funny enough, in the winter, summer transfer window back in June he, or, or late August, he had also a serious uh, hamstring injury which I think was six to eight weeks and uh, we then tried to go late for, uh, what's the guy's name, at uh, Aston Villa. Uh, forgot his name, Douglas Costa or Douglas Louise, not Douglas Costa the winger Douglas Louise from Aston Villa however he ended up signing a contract extension and we actually went quite hard in for him uh, if you refer back to my previous podcasts and it was all over the news so it sounds like Arsenal are seriously in for a CDM the links at the at the time and it's, it's you have to take it with a pinch of salt because some of these players are players that's uh, only starting to really reverberate into quality players but the fees are absolutely huge Brighton and Hove and Albion central defensive midfielder Caicedo had an excellent World Cup for Ecuador he is now uh, quite strongly being linked by uh, quite a few London newspapers but uh, the fee they're talking about is 75 million. Now, Arsenal's not going to pay that. There's lots of rumours of us being interested in or having some sort of, I don't know if you can call it an agreement, but uh, we're going to go big in for Rice of West Ham, the West Ham United captain and England number four. 
so <laughs> I can't see us spending all this money. I, I could be wrong, but it's, it's, it's not Arsenal-like to go and spend 70-odd million on Caicedo and with the possibility of bidding wars because Chelsea also wants him. And they already had a just under £60 million bid rejected already. So I do not know how we can beat Chelsea because Chelsea seems to have ways, uh, illegal ways, of getting players under our noses. So Caicedo is currently being linked. We are linked with a Ivorian central defensive midfielder that plays for Vitoria Guimarães. I think it's Vitoria Guimarães in uh, Portugal. And uh, it's a 20 million euro central defensive midfielder. I actually went and checked his stats. Tends to get quite a lot of yellow cards. So uh, not that disciplined, but still a young raw player. Uh, his passing stats isn't that great so there's a little bit of doubt for me because it's a young player needs to settle into the Premier League he's strong, physical, robust ill-disciplined slightly doesn't get red cards but a lot of yellow cards uh, and uh, we probably need a slightly more experienced head now somebody that's okay to sit on the bench but somebody that's good enough to be able to come in for Thomas Partey because Thomas Partey cannot play every single game we've got Tomorrow night's game against Man City. I'm tipping us to sadly not go through. And uh, that's then less games. I, for now, don't really care. You can't you can't throw away cup competitions and we really need to go for it tomorrow. But uh, Europa League is coming up. Then it's Sunday games and Thursday games. Two-legged games against tricky opposition. We tend to forget there are loads of good teams. I mean, Man United and Barcelona are playing in the round of 32 knockouts so one of them will go however there are other excellent clubs that's going to be going through and one of man united and barcelona will go through and can face us in the last 16 because uh, i don't think or possibly country protection ends after the last 16 i must check that one out again however there are very good teams in the europa leagues the left so that means it's going to be too tough whether we feel arsenal is the best second best third best team in europe at the moment it's going to be a tough 180 minutes with tough away games we've got nine away games to go and 10 home games to go in the 19 games that's left the season and there's going to be so much pressure on each and every game, especially if things don't go well against City, which can happen. They are a fantastic team. However, we are confident in the way that we are playing in the sense that we can beat them. I'm not tipping us to beat them tomorrow, though. Uh, what I am hoping for is that uh, there isn't a psychological issue when it comes to that. So in my opinion, we need a central defensive midfielder. I don't know if uh, Arteta is uh, playing games in the media because he's talking about uh, Jesus being out for longer than expected. However, uh, in, a, in, in a conversation with a UFC fighter Khabib Nurmagomedov, Gabriel Jesus said that he thinks he will be ready to maybe start training within four to five weeks. And the way I worked it out is that's the end of Feb, early March which means that um, Ketia only has to probably get through two Europa League games. That's if we are playing Ketia as the nine in all the league games in Feb and all and both of the Europa League games, as well as tomorrow night's game. So that's a little bit too much. I'm still concerned about the striker situation. However, we are getting to a point where we are a little bit greedy. 
we are fighting for a league title but we are not at that level yet where we can just spend loads of money in every position that we need that is not possible in a january transfer window so it's gonna have to be we're gonna have to find ways i think uh, i don't know if it's gonna work for us to play trossard through the middle uh, if we need to give Nketiah a rest or Nketiah on the bench, play Smithrow or Trossard through the middle or Martinelli through the middle. Even though I feel Martinelli would be better on the left with a Trossard or Smithrow in the middle rather than the other way around. So, uh, yeah, we need to get a central defensive midfielder and not the Bamba guy that we linked with, the uh, youngster that's a little bit ill-disciplined to come and play a lone role as the number six in Arsenal's formation where Granit Xhaka tends to prefer to play a little bit higher up the pitch. Even though Zinchenko is there to assist or possibly Tierney, I do feel we need a slightly more experienced central defensive midfielder. I don't know what the budget is. Uh, maybe that then means we shouldn't really be promising uh, Fresneda's Club Valladolid money. However, it's probably a very, very good right back for the future that maybe we can't pass up now. So that will obviously take money away from the possibility of getting a top-class CDM. But we need to get a CDM before next Tuesday or Wednesday. Up the Arsenal. Manchester City versus Arsenal in the FA Cup fourth round. A competition we've won the most. However, it seems like we're getting some ridiculous draws as of late when other teams don't. Uh, to be fair, the last two years we had Southampton away and we had Nottingham Forest away. It was tricky ties. However, we uh, should have gotten through them in the previous years. That's uh, post-winning the FA Cup. And uh, now we've got Manchester City away uh, Referee will be Mr. Tierney, the only referee that has seen Arsenal lose in uh, England this uh, season. Okay, we lost in the Carabao Cup. I'm actually interested to know who was the ref in that game. I uh, wonder if it was Paul Tierney as well. But uh, we lost at Old Trafford with Tierney as the ref, and he will be at the Etihad as well. And it's very, very interesting what's going to happen in this game. Will it be Pepe Arteta sending WhatsApps this evening? talking about, listen here, why don't we play our second teams and we keep everything for the Emirates on the 15th of Feb. I won't be surprised, even though they're both winners. But uh, I think both will make one or two changes. Uh, and obviously when Man City makes changes, then uh, the team is still extremely strong. So I've gone and thought about every single position, and this is my team that I've got going. We have to play Turner. He's really had a good uh, post-World Cup period or World Cup and then post-World Cup period and he really needs to get some games and I feel he won't let us down in this game. Could be wrong but a Turner in goal for me uh, just based on uh, previous uh, information that I've relayed in this podcast uh, maybe Ben White isn't 100% so maybe he needs to have a bit of a rest uh, looking forward to the game against Everton on the 4th but he can be on the bench I've chosen Tommy Yasso at right back and then that starts becoming tricky now because now we, you don't want to make too many changes uh, and uh, when you say don't make too many changes when does these players actually play that you would like to bring in 
So I've gone right center back William Saliba and our new signing at left center back Jakob Kivio. Uh, once again, it's it's two mammoth guys, uh, 1.91 and 1.89 center backs. And uh, Gabriel needs a rest. He's played most of the games and even in the Europa League, he played most of the games when Saliba was given a rest because Arteta likes to play holding on the right and Kivio on the left. Now, the only reason why I haven't gone holding is because you don't want to be in a situation where both your starting centre-backs doesn't play at, against a rampant uh, Manchester City. So I would like to see Saliba and Kivio. I want to give Gabriel a rest and unfortunately holding will have to be on the bench for this one. I've gone Tierney, even though Zinchenko is in great form. Uh, I, I don't know. I think Oteta is going to go full strength and Pep maybe too. But I've just gone with a thought that uh, these guys don't want to show all their cards uh, leading to that 15 February league game. That's why this game is so fascinating, a fascinating time. But I've gone Tierney at left back and for him not to do an inverted role in this game. So he's slightly changing the way we're playing, which could or could not be a bad thing. Uh, Thomas Partey, I've selected him as our six because uh, we, even if we are going to buy a super player, uh, the player will definitely not be able to play tomorrow night. Uh, and uh, El Nen is injured, and we do not trust Sambi even for the number eight role. I've gone Xhaka to, if I'm not mistaken, captain the team based on the team that I've selected. So Xhaka will be captain at the Etihad tomorrow. He will be my left eight. And then we've got Vieira. Almost said Patrick Vieira now. Uh, Vieira playing on. Odegaard's position, so uh, we need him to play. He looked really good when uh, Xhaka and and Zinchenko came on in the second half against Oxford. That was his last game, sadly. So Vieira to play, Fabio Vieira to play as our right eight. We need to give Odegaard a rest somewhere along the line. Uh, and then the front three will be changed. Saka and Martinelli will be on the bench as impact subs. Uh, Smith Rowe on the right. Why? Because I feel he and Vieira can interchange. And then on the left, Trossard. Because I feel Xhaka and Trossard can interchange quite well. And then Nketiah, unfortunately, has to play through the middle. Martinelli has to rest. Nelson is injured. Jesus is injured. So uh, it's going to be Nketiah through the middle. And so in terms of our main team, there is Saliba, Thomas, Xhaka, and Nketiah when you look at our main starting lineup so there's quite a few of our core players there and you don't really mess with the spine if you think about it because the spine well the spine is Ramsdale, Saliba or Gabriel, Thomas Partey and Nketiah the spine in this game Turner, Saliba, Thomas and Nketiah I like the spine we just need the other pieces in the jigsaw puzzle to fit I'm going Arsenal to lose on this one, unfortunately. Uh, I'm just in that situation where I don't want us to be at the point where this game is going to determine the rest of the season. It's happened in the past. Uh, when you think about, uh, I think Arsenal was still playing in the white and maroon. We had a very good team. Uh, I think we were leading the league or just started giving it away. And we played Man United in the fourth round or the quarterfinal. I think it actually was the fourth round. And we got battered at Old Trafford with an injury-ravaged team. And from there on inwards, there onwards, 
we ended up messing up in the league when we were, I think, quite a couple of points, five points or so clear. So something like that happened in the past. There's incidences uh, in the past where in the when Eduardo broke his leg, even though it wasn't a, 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 a FA Cup game, but uh, those are instances in round about January, February, where there was a change. And then obviously the Leicester season, where we beat Leicester, late goal from Welbeck, and then we plummeted especially to a Rashford, a debut Rashford double, when Arsenal were absolutely atrocious uh, when we were trying to win the league that season and lost 3-2 at Old Trafford. So uh, there is the past that we need to look at when we look at the future as well, but it's obviously a completely different team. I just hope that if we do lose, um, it could end up being a draw as well and then a replay. That would be interesting. That's something that we wouldn't want. But uh, for now, I am basically saying that I'm not too interested in the FA Cup. It could be in a situation where we get knocked out late in the Europa League and we ended up end up losing the league by one or two or three points and then we would have been knocked out of the FA Cup. But uh, the squad strength is not quite there. Uh, uh, the injuries that we've got, you could look at it that when they do come back, then we've got these three players, Elneny, uh, the uh, Nelson and Gabriel Jesus coming back in the next month or so and then that's three other players that comes into the squad and then will help with the push help with Europa League and all that so that is another way to look at it another positive in the sense of going strong tomorrow but uh, I don't know what what Arteta is going to do I don't know what Pep's going to do yeah, it's going to be tricky with regards to team selection because uh, we do not play until the following Saturday. So that is an eight-day break. So there's another thing. There's an eight-day break. However, we took quite a lot out of the Sunday game with regards to energy and passion. And we're going to the Etihad. So I can see Oteta thinking about the, the, the likelihood of a uh, hiding if we make too much changes but I thought my team was quite good the the spine is there uh, other than the goalkeeper and Turner's good so the spine is there we've got we can put Saka Martinelli on the bench we can have Gabriel Magayesh on the bench we can have these guys all on the bench or uh, the the guys that I've taken out of the team they're all there they can come on in the second half so it's just a matter of we need change players to step it up because that's how you win multiple trophies when your bench starts performing sadly I'm going for us to get knocked out tomorrow evening I would love to be surprised uh, obviously it's a different story if Arsenal do play the full strength 11 but then again if City maybe that takes one or two players out and we play our full strength team and they give us a knockout blow then that's also another part of this fascinating story but it's part of three stories between Manchester City and Arsenal and we are excited to finally be in this we know we can better them and we know they can better us however we just want to be in the game that's all we want we want to be in this battle with City three games and it could be four if it's a draw tomorrow so good luck to the Arsenal I'm hoping that we are able to change a couple of players and still perform to the best of our ability up the arsenal.